0: We got Tito Three Sticks, we got Rock and Roll E.T. Mookie Morris, we got Smart coming back, we got the young beautiful baby boy Jason Tatum, and we got big Jalen Brown, not to mention Al Horford, not to mention Shane Sugar Shane Larkin, not to mention Xavier Silas, I mean come on, I'm feeling pretty good about our playoff chances to win maybe two or three games.
1: This is not an emergency podcast. I think that phrase has been a little overplayed. This is an emergency room podcast. And this is the Celtics Bar podcast. I'm Bobby Manning and welcome to the show. I know you've heard by now that Kyrie Irving is done for the season. And it's officially the most disappointing year of my years following the Celtics. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. I doubt people who remember the 90s and 80s, even the 70s, don't remember anything like this.
0: Yes, I'm calling about your uh, Celtics blog uh, podcast thing. I've got something to say. I've been a Celtics fan. My name is John. I've been a Celtics fan since 1956. There have been good seasons and bad injuries and health, even death. I've never wavered in my support of the Celtics in all that time. Personally, I'm ashamed of some of the current seas with fair-weather friends, or fans, I should say. Um, adversity should bring people together. Instead, they're out there casting suspicions on players and front office peeps that not long ago they were showering with praises. So what is it? Uh, be, an unconditioned, be an unconditional... Uh, and I do emphasize unconditional self-span, or find another team.
1: As Jared Weiss tells us today, seven guys aren't going to be good to go for the playoffs as the Celtics enter as the two-seed. They lost to the Raptors on Wednesday, all but ending their chance of grabbing that one seed. And today, this afternoon, we found out that Irving will have to have a second surgery to alleviate a bacterial infection in his left knee. He will miss four to five months. And to teach us more, let us know what's up. Jared Weiss, former Celtics blog contributor, is with us here today. We, We were joking this afternoon, me and Jared. Our guest today is Jared Weiss, who covers the Celtics. We got a lot to talk about today, huh? Abdel Nader, Greg Monroe, hot topics.
0: All the important stuff. I was wondering where you're going with this whole joking business. I don't tell (laughs) jokes. I'm dead serious about my Celtics
1: (laughs) coverage. This is the most serious Celtics reporter ever. And if I remember correctly, you used to write for a site called Celtics Blog, didn't you? You
0: you do remember correctly. It's funny. It, It feels like ages ago, but it's only been like six months
1: or so since I wrote for Celtics Blog.
0: I still, I still miss it every day. I As love. I Shout say, out we, to everybody there.
1: We, we miss you too. You helped the site a lot, and you're still a member of this program. So remember that. You're Which is all connected. that matters. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters to me. So, Jared so yeah. Weiss, so, we're I talking about later. All right, good. Is down four to five months. Whew, man! Did it hit you by complete surprise today, or did you have any indication that this was going to go in a bad direction? Because when I heard minor, what, what were the words they use? Minor operation uh, or something to that effect that that is a little bit weird yeah minimally invasive was the word did you see this coming so no not
0: really uh the the minimally invasive procedure to remove the tension man from his patellar tendon that was something that i was expecting to happen and the time frame kind of fit what i expected so this is obviously a big surprise uh, it's it still blows my mind, but Tony Maserati of '95 The Sports Hub, who was a Red Sox reporter, yep. somehow somehow got the scoop on this whole story. He reported back before that first uh, surgery happened that he needed to have screws removed, and they were figuring out when it needs to happen. And to see now that they did the procedure and did a pathology test on the wire that they removed from his knee, and determined that there was a bacterial infection in this at least. It was, it's not 100% clear if it was that the wire has a bacterial infection, which it, which wouldn't be a surprise because that's a relatively common thing to happen, that it, it degrades and potentially is uh, some sort of bacterial issue. Um, but there, it appears that they're removing the screws because it is was connected to the wire, and therefore the infection is expected to be also located on the screws as well. So the fact that that needs to happen now, is definitely definitely a big surprise i mean danny age has been kind of hinting that a second procedure would happen i had not really been clear whether it was he needed to get these screws removed or it was that he needed to have the underside of his knee scoped which is something that happens often with the type of injuries that he had um and who knows maybe that's something still silly to happen but uh it I, it makes sense when you look at the timeline Four to five months, that's basically putting him on track to be ready for the uh, start of next season, probably around training camp or so. So it makes sense for them to do this now so that he's completely ready to go for next season. So this is clearly the right move given the situation. But the fact that he is a bacterial, just the fact that he was playing this year for at least a portion of this year with a bacterial infection in his knee, it's kind of crazy to think about. Because he was having a really good year. I mean, he wasn't quite at the MVP level, but he was still having one of the better years of his career. This season was a good season, to uh, report developmental-wise. Kyrie,
1: we got a glimpse of him and how good Brad Stevens can be as a coach in building a team together. And he adjusted quickly. I think we we had so many conversations over the summer how long this team would take to come together with all the new pieces and such. And I remember he had. His The second game against Milwaukee, I think it was, he got isolation-heavy, started chucking up some you know, questionable shots, and they fell to 0-2 at that point. Everyone was going crazy because they lost Gordon Hayward. But after that, things came together quickly, and he was playing through the system. He got a nice two-man game going with Horford. By the end of the year, they were 111 offensive rating with him on the floor, I believe, last time I looked. He adjusted quickly, and he was nailing threes... He was working in the system despite some of the people's concerns. I'd say at the end of it, he had a pretty successful year.
0: Oh, yeah. He obviously had a great year. I mean, he was a legitimate MVP candidate there for a while before he went down. He was averaging almost 25 a game. He was running a good offense, or good's a strong word. They were running an offense that was working yeah. um, that fell apart when he was off the floor. Although, if you take where all the role players are now at the point of the growth that they've had between – tatum and rogier especially in the way shane larkin has been playing when he's been healthy i think if you put those the way that those guys are performing now with a healthy irving i would say this team probably would be the best team in the eastern conference at this point especially because now cleveland is starting jeff green for the rest of the playoffs so cleveland's still really figuring it
1: out it's too bad because the door looks open there in the east and this team probably could have had it and now we just saw it slam shut today which is a tough thing to grapple with if you're a celtics fan i think this Window that they had already lost a year, just like that. Hi. So
0: I'd like to leave a message for the Celtics
1: this year. Celtics season, it was very mi- mixed
0: emotions. I would say both very exciting and also very unfortunate at the same time. For the very unfortunate factor, it's very unfortunate that everything happened this year. Very unfortunate that Hayward was not able to show how good he he could be this year.
1: Because of what happened in the first game, and then same thing goes with Marcus Smart and Kyrie Irving, how they couldn't show how they can contribute in the postseason. It was crazy. I have never seen a game as destructive as that Indiana one ended up being. It was Marcus Smart in that game, Daniel Tice, and that was the game Irving went out in. I mean, I don't think anything in particular about that game triggered it. It was kind of just a slow buildup of uh, knee irritation. But he had been dealing with this metal in his knee since 2015 apparently when he broke the patella and he had played well with it in there what i mean a bacteria infection just sounds kind of like a freak thing that happened is that what was lingering in there and bothering him this season you think it seems like it (laughs) uh
0: so not a doctor and i haven't i haven't seen anything to indicate that that was the cause of the soreness the entire time he's dealt with this since the surgery Mm -hmm. in fact he's had tendonitis since he was like 21 or so which is obviously a red flag and they think that that could have contributed to the initial injury back in 2015 because it was a stress fracture he had when he fractured his kneecap in half so um that still probably plays a role in this thing but it seems like he was just dealing with some of the soreness that he was used to and then at some point this year the bacteria infection started to flare up and so they thought that it was just that the wire needed to be removed because it was loose or it was uh, somewhat degraded and it was causing irritation. And then I'm sure that they were expecting that coming, he was probably on the path to getting better at this point. Maybe it wasn't because he had this bacterial infection, but I would I would imagine that, and this is me just kind of based on what has come out so far, I would imagine that the bacteria infection wouldn't have prevented him from necessarily returning, but it probably he probably wouldn't be getting any better and it's something that they obviously have to take care of. It's not yeah. just like it's an injury. It's it's literally <laughs> a bacteria, leave the bacteria infection. You can in just leave it then. there. You got you <laughs> gotta get it out before it turns into something deadly. Like it could spread and then become actually deadly and destroy yeah. his career. Or it right. could just like damage his knee to the point that it destroys his career. So like they, they gotta shut him down when they find yeah. out it's a no This was a really good season. But the thing is it's not over yet. Still have the rest of the regular season and the playoffs to go. Sure, Kyrie may be out, but last year, I.T. was out in the Eastern Conference Finals, and we still managed
1: to win a game without him. This team, everyone just seems to be shutting it down. They've had success for a short span. They had this uh, six-game win streak with the cast of characters they've had, and they're working in Xavier Silas now. They just uh, signed another Not anymore. Team. Oh, he's gone, actually. They're replacing him with uh, Jonathan Gibson. Is that right?
0: That's correct, yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. So what are we expecting out of Jonathan Gibson? Give us the scouting report. Um, I mean, I, I just, is he <laughs> uh, actually he's, I mean, he looks
0: amazing in China and he looked great in the summer league. He's uh he's got, he's got pretty decent ball handling skill. He's got a nice little quick twitch athleticism to him. He can dribble penetrate, but he can pull up and shoot. He's been a really good shooter in China so far this year. Um, you know, the defense is pretty terrible in the Chinese league. So it's not a great representation of what he can do. But I mean, if you can hit a 30 footer in China, you can still hit a 30 footer when you're open in America. So, I think that will translate to a degree and you know I'm just watching this play uh, this game he had in December uh, 2017 so earlier this season and he dropped 60 points on a team and I'm watching some of these shots, and he's, like, taking pull-ups from 30 feet out. I mean, he's shooting from way out there. So he he presents some value. Now, he, he's on the hardship exemption. So unless they waive somebody, they can't use him in the playoffs. Ah. And then same thing with the two-way guys, Kadeem Allen and Jabari Bird, can't use those guys in the playoffs. The CBA prohibits two-way players from playing in the postseason. So they're down to two point guards for now. It's just Terry and it's just Shane. You know, Terry, he had that really weird fall and he kind of messed up his ankle a little. Looks like he'll be fine by probably the end of the week. Mm -hmm. And then Larkin had. I, I don't know what it was. Did he have Ebola? I mean, it's some sort of severe virus.
1: <laughs> they had been, to keep him far away from the team. I mean, he was
0: he was in the hospital for a little while, so I hope he's, I hope he's getting better. I mean, that, that, he's had a really rough year. I feel really bad for him. He's dealt with everything this year. But he's persevered through it, and he's proven to be good, and he'll be a part of that rotation in the playoffs. So if they can get through the first round, which is not a given whatsoever, especially if they get Washington and John Wall, who says he wants to go off, now he's coming back. I mean, Washington <laughs> might end up Eight, seven seed, but like, you know, we know that they're a top, they're almost as good as the Celtics. Uh, as, almost as good as the healthy Celtics when they are fully healthy. The Celtics are definitely not healthy, so Washington getting close to full health, they could be just as good, if not better, than the Celtics. So it, it, they they may not get out of the first round, but they will probably be the favorite in any matchup that they get, regardless of the fact that Kyrie's done, and Smart won't be back until the second round if, if all goes well.
1: Hey, Celtics blog, this is Kyle Dobbins in Virginia. The Celtics have an X factor that only maybe one other team in the NBA has. And that's Brad Stevens. Back to his Butler days, every time on the court, he always had an undermanned roster. He took a team with Shelvin Mack, Kyrie with with, with with Gordon Hayward, with Sean Van Zant, was just underrated guys, and constantly took them to deep tournament runs. He is an X factor. Mm, that's a lot. That is a lot. The way this year was going, the 16th straight, the way they adjusted, it was, it looked bad at the start. They teased you a little bit, and now it's kind of back where it started, expectations-wise. Do you anticipate this team making any sort of playoff run with what they have? You're not going to have Marcus Smart in round one. We have an idea of the three teams they could play. And then I guess as a two-pronged question. Is there, should there be expectations for this team to make any sort of run whatsoever? I know a lot of people are going to go crazy if they lose in the first round, but that's a real possibility now.
0: I still expect them to make it out of the first rounds. Um, they've been it, it a lot. It just kind of depends on Terry Rogier. Um You know, I I think we can expect Tatum and Brown to be a little up and down, but provide a lot of value. We know how good Horford is in the playoffs. I mean, he he really proved last year. He goes to a different level when he's in the postseason. Obviously, Brad. Almost always presents a coaching advantage. I would say that uh, Spolstra probably is pretty is pretty close to Brad, if not just as good as Brad. He's a great coach. And then Brooks has been pretty good so far in his career in Washington. And then Joe Pronti, Milwaukee, ha- we haven't really seen much, but Milwaukee's been really up and down this year. So mm-hmm. they're not really instilling much, uh, much expectation, I'd say. So um, – I would still expect them to get out of the first round of like a 6 or 7 game series. It should be pretty tight. And then it it really depends on their matchup up here. I mean, Cleveland, they're still like LeBron has been as good as ever. He's always going to be LeBron but everything around him is still kind of messy and up and down I mean right now Jose Calderon is like the second best player on the team so they're just kind of hoping they can figure it out Ty Lue right before we announced or started this podcast he announced that Jeff Green is going to be the starter throughout the playoffs which I would be surprised if that holds but we'll see what happens but you
1: know they had a decent year I'll give it to him, and I'm not the biggest Green enthusiast. I think he's been one of the better role players they've had there, and they signed a cast of characters, as we know, coming into this year, and many notably fizzled out, Isaiah Thomas included. But Jeff Green has held his own. I think the lineups that he's in look pretty good for them.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's, he's like always with Jeff green. He's super talent. He's really, really, it's like all-star caliber talent and athleticism and all that stuff. But he, uh, his, his aggressive level and compete level wanes and oscillates too much to rely on him in the playoffs, but obviously they're going to try him. I hope it works out for Jeff. I hope the it plays well, but so they have either them or Philly. And I think they match up pretty well against Philly Jalen and Tatum and uh, and Morris match up well against Ben Simmons. Horford has done a good job against Joel Embiid so far this year, and Aaron Baines has struggled against him. But Baines at least can bang with him, and not to mention Embiid is expected to be healthy for then with the orbital fracture. But even if he does come back in time, he's going to be playing in a mask, and it's really it's really hard to be good in a mask. Most guys struggle to Larry. deal with it. That's right. I mean Kyrie Kyrie did pretty damn well in it actually. But like they all talk about how much they hate it and how miserable they are with or, it. So we'll Daniel see what is, happens there.
1: It's fitting yeah. that so many people in the Celtics wear masks this year. That could kind of just be a symbol for how this year went with for this team.
0: Yeah. They'll give a chance for Terry, Jalen, and Tatum to get crucial minutes in the playoffs and get their feet wet even more and get them into that playoff mode that'll hopefully For the next couple years to come, will push us over the edge against a bunch of these other teams.
1: We need to know, how do these lineups look? What are you expecting rotation-wise going into the playoffs? How are the Celtics going to attack whoever they play? I know it's going to be heavily matchup-based, but in general, do you expect them to go with a short rotation? Are they going to keep utilizing the Abdel Nader's of the world and Yabusele's? Are we really going to tighten this up to maybe just Monroe and another guy off the bench, Larkin, I guess?
0: Yeah, usually it, it'll go down to a nine-man rotation for Stevens, uh, although that kind of depends because he's missing literally half of that rotation. Yeah, it could be different so, this year, I think. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, you got your starters. I'm just assuming off the top of my head right now, but Brugier, uh, Brown, Tatum, Morris, and Horford. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's what the starting lineup is going to be against almost all those teams. Off the top of my head, I can't think of any. I think all three of those teams there—that's what your starting lineup would be. They like to start Baines and kind of work at the Baines early yeah. in the game, so they—they they probably will. I would—I would expect that they might roll with with him as a starter and then bring Morris off the bench potentially. Um, Cause you know, they like, they like being able to sub out Tatum at the six minute mark and bring Morris in. that works out pretty well for them. So they might, they might do that at the start against these teams and then maybe change it up in uh, the third game or so. Uh, so that's probably how it's going to be. But so let's assume that you got your core rotation there of Morris Larkin. And then uh, who am I forgetting now? It's, is that it? That might be it.
1: We're running out of bodies fast. I feel, so wouldn't be I feel bad.
0: I feel bad that I'm forgetting this, but I mean, it's it's. From what I haven't slept in a little while, but and I'm googling Celtics roster as I type because my brain is Great completely shut down right at this here. point.
1: Yeah, so we just. Uh, this is just a metaphor for how oh, short. Oh, Monroe. There. Yes. Obvi- obviously, Monroe. Can't forget but, yeah. Greg.
0: Yeah, so you know you got you have a veteran rotation right there, and then you can choose you can pretty much choose between either Ojale or Nader. As that extra guy that you utilize as, um, you know, it depends on what you're looking for. If you need someone that can handle the ball and shoot, you go with Nader. If you need someone that can defend probably three or four positions and you're in a switch heavy defensive scheme, you need somebody at the five, you go with Ojale. So that'll allow them to pick and choose. Uh, They're going to have to probably go to Yabusele at some point for a couple minutes here or there. But I think it's going to be mostly an eight-man rotation and then a little bit of Ojale and Nader when they, uh, depending on who they're matching up against. Uh, probably against Milwaukee, you would maybe see a little bit more Nader. Actually, no. You know what? Ogillay has shown that he can defend on the perimeter enough that he probably is a better fit than Nader is.
1: And Brad, Brad has been going to him all year long, which I think is an important fact. And I'm surprised those two-way guys aren't going to be able to go into the playoffs with them or the uh, 10-day contracts for that matter, like you said, Right.
0: Well, they're just not allowed to. Um, I mean, a normal 10-day player who sign on for the rest of the season could play, except the hardship exemption doesn't allow you to use that player in the playoffs. And then the CBA prevents two-way players from playing in the playoffs. They can remain with the team, but they can't be on the roster. So
1: they can watch from the side. That's good exactly. to know. <laughs> they can wear their suits. <laughs> that is Jared Weiss. Continue to follow along with his Celtics coverage. You'll routinely see him on CLNS Media we thank you again for being here, Jared. I know you have a busy night ahead, so enjoy the talking. You do look good doing it.
0: Uh, that's all that matters to me. Thanks, buddy.
1: With the backdrop of this Kyrie Irving news, Adam Himmelsbach reports that league sources say the Celtics Marcus Smart is scheduled to have his right thumb re-evaluated by doctors next week, at which time an updated timetable for his return could become more clear. As for now, conference semifinals remain the most likely possibility. Now as the Celtics prepare for the first round, with a little more to play for over these last few games, we get a more clear view of what they're going to have going into the postseason as a whole a 53 and 25 team they have a 105 offensive rating this year with a 101.4 defensive rating so they're still a net positive team despite some of the offensive struggles they've had net 3.8 that is but since March 11th when this whole team went down they are now a 101.8 offensive rating while maintaining that 101.3 defensive rating. Just a net rating of .4. They're nearly even. They're turning the ball over down to just a 1.36 assist-to-turnover ratio. And their effective field goal percentage ranks in the bottom of the six worst shooting teams in the league since March 11th. It's important to consider, is Marcus Smart possibly returns this season... <laughs> That when Kyrie Irving was on the court, Celtics had a 111.7 offensive rating, 104.7 rating when he was off the court. That's 1,900 minutes on the court and 1,700 minutes off the court. Which, when you factor in what the opponents were against him, he was a plus five. Marcus Smart, meanwhile, was still in that positive offensively. One point better offensive rating than when he was off the floor, 108 to 107. But the team held a 101.7 defensive rating when he was off the court, or on the court rather, compared to 106 when he was not. So that's a plus 6.6. And you gotta remember, not just Irving's been out since this. Disaster started on Marshall 11. Smart has as well, and he has potential to return. So while many are tearing down the notion that this team could compete in the playoffs, there
0: seems to be a big gathering of Celtics fans in the Tobin.
1: They're still a stringent defensive team, and the loss to the Raptors yesterday, they still only gave up 96 points to one of the best offenses in basketball. It's all about getting this offense together. Because while Terry Rozier had his massive run of double figure scoring, the team has a 106.5 offensive ring with him on the court, 109.8 when he's off. Defensively, they're about even on and off, just a plus 2.2. So Celtics have lost about three points on their net rating. With Roger in the game at point guard as opposed to Irving and Smart. Smart's no longer, or Irving is no longer in the cards now. But Marcus Smart certainly is. We will get news on him soon. Meanwhile, over on Celtics blog, Michael DePrisco writes about the improvements we've seen with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown who are holding the ship steady while all these losses mount Keith Smith gives us an idea of who will be playing for the team in the playoffs I said 10 roster players earlier it's actually 11 who are going to be going into the postseason and as you know by now Irving out for the season additional details available on Celticsblog.com I'm Bobby Manning your host thanks to Jared Weiss That's our show. We will see you next week.
0: Reunion Arena in Dallas, where the Mavs and Lakers are playing tonight, was built in 1980. Now, you couldn't ask for a better facility. It's easily accessible, has all the comforts of a theater, and there isn't a bad seat in the house. But for some reason, there are those who prefer the Boston Garden. Mostly those who wear Celtic green.
1: What is so special about the Boston Garden other than the fact that it's a thousand years old? Let's take a look. First of all, a garden, it's not. It's a train station, really. One flight up and you're on the fabled parquet floor. Now, before you get all misty-eyed about the parquet, take a closer look.